Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Afrotech 2019. Oakland, California. News personality and social justice activist Angela Rye is on the main stage speaking with Jason White and Kareem Webb. Jason is at the time chief marketing officer at Curaleaf, a cannabis label. And Kareem is an entrepreneurial activist and CEO at Fourth Movement, an LA-based social equity initiative. Angela positions a question to the guys about the impact of legislation and the black opportunity in the cannabis industry. When you think about the other barriers of entry because there's not policy, right, that would allow this uh, space to exist for us in a way that I think it makes it, one, makes it sustainable, and two, um, makes people engage. Whether we're talking about raising capital, we know there are folks that won't fund um, these ventures because it's not federally legal. What are the other barriers of entry that exist from a political standpoint? Well, I think, to your point about capital, even though even when you can raise capital, the cost of that capital is, is extraordinarily high. It's between 20% and, and, and higher. So that's an issue. Uh, it's still a Schedule One drug, which means there's basically no way to research it, no way to, to kind of put it on the docket as a, as a political discussion. And in addition to that, I think if you look at for example, the Moore Act, which was a, which is a, the most aggressive bill out there, that's when you get to real, true expungement, putting money my, money aside for research, and, and looking at um, uh, even surveys and opportunities to truly get a measurement of like what is the state of the industry in the communities, what are the real numbers behind this, and without that legislation, none of that exists. This is just companies making money and you need that governance to make sure that some of those other steps are taken around this industry. 
I'm Will Lucas, and this is Black Tech, Green Money. I'm going to introduce you to some of the biggest names, some of the brightest minds, and brilliant ideas. If you're black in building or simply using tech to secure your bag, this podcast is for you. Al Harrington and Wilson Chandler are both former NBA players turned businessmen. John Monopoly is Kanye West's manager. And the partners have joined forces to work together on expanding the current 3% market share of the cannabis industry that is currently held by black people. I asked Al Harrington, the 16th season NBA veteran and leading black cannabis entrepreneur about business success as a former pro athlete. What's unique about business moves like his and those of other successful former pros like Magic Johnson and others that lead them to the promised land when so many others have ventured into business that have ultimately gone belly up? Well, one, I want to say that's a hell of a compliment to put in with Magic. <laughs> I got a lot of work to do. But, um, you know, I think the main thing was just um, being able to, you know, create a foundation of like, of just of educating yourself or educating myself, you know what I'm saying? Towards the end of my career, when I started to realize that, you know, I wasn't jumping as high, I wasn't as fast, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't as important to the organizations like I used to be. And I had to figure out what was gonna be next. And, you know, I always say, I give my financial advisor a lot of credit because, you know, throughout my career and, you know, Wilson and whoever, like, you know, we get so many opportunities thrown at us, business deals all day, right? And they all sound great, right? I mean, what business deal have you ever heard that didn't sound like a great opportunity? But what they did was they made me, you know, do my own research and come to them and tell them why it was a good idea. You know what I'm saying? So because I got into that practice, it allowed me to, I feel like, you know, become a better entrepreneur that, you know, when I was done playing that I was able to put myself in the position that I am in, I'm in today. And I also want to just say too, I think that passion, right? Being able to do something that you're passionate about is, you know, you, you'll never work another day in your life, right? So you think about like, you know, John Monopoly and like all that he's been able to do, you know what I'm saying? These are, you know, these are professional, we're professionals that actually, you know, love what we do. You know what I'm saying? We can't wake up to act, wake up the next day to actually get right back to the grind and do what we're doing. So, you know, um, just trying to just continue to just, you know, build on, you know, just build, a, a, you know, have a solid foundation and just build on top of it. And, you know, for me, I was lucky enough to, you know, get into the cannabis space, you know, uh, almost 11 years ago now when it wasn't as popular as it is today. And, you know, now we have, you know, first movers advantage, you know what I'm saying? So it's really, um, you know, it, it's, I always say I was blessed, you know what I'm saying, to be in this position. And, you know, the goal is to obviously be at that Magic Johnson type of level. 100 percent. And John, you know, he, he mentioned this a few times in his comments there about, you know, really being in the right position to take advantage of these opportunities is a large part of finding the continued success, having it one place, you know, success begets success in a lot of uh, instances. And I would imagine that you get calls to do partnerships like these because you have obviously shown a lot of shown a lot of depth and expertise at managing incredible talent. And what can we learn from journeys like yours to be intentional about, you know, our journey to finding ourselves in rooms uh, like the ones you find yourself in so that we can, you know, have that success that begets more success. Like what can we do intentionally when we're not managing, you know, superstars and et cetera, but in our everyday lives, what can we do to make sure that we're positioning ourselves to take advantage of opportunity? 
I would say you got to keep your eyes and ears open at all times and always just be in search of the right opportunity, you know, uh, because I've been in music and entertainment for, you know, almost 30 years now. Uh, I have been exposed to a lot of different uh, opportunities um, just in business and in this, you know, uh, helping to build artists brands, but it's all about finding the right situation. And luckily, uh, you know, with, with this particular deal, you know, that I've been working with, with, with Dan and Al, I've been knowing these guys for, you know, 20 plus years and I've always seen them, um, you know, moving the right way. So I was just really honored to join the team. Yeah. And, and I think about, you know, the black sauce, you know, when, when we bring something to an industry, the sauce that black people specifically add value um, to whether it be sports, whether it be music, whether it be food. And now we're talking about cannabis. The black perspective on things adds a whole other layer of value. And Wilson, I'm interested in your perspective on because when you're launching this, uh, your new dispensary, you're launching it with a show, a festival, a free festival. And, you know, how can we leverage more than just having the license to sell, but bring our perspective to an industry that has so much opportunity to ensure our success? I think, you know, piggybacking off uh, what Al has done, you know, Far as being a lifestyle brand in the space, you know, just bringing that aesthetic, you know, uh, that coolness, like you said, you know, like our culture, you know, brings, you know, whether it's music, fashion, whatever it is, I think bringing the extra push to the space, you know, is, is everything, you know, um, and the culture, you know, we pretty much determine everything, you know, um, in every space we've been in. I think that's the same with, with cannabis, you know, just bringing that, that style and that flavor to the space, you know, also having um, good business practices. So do you do you think that there is a unique value, Wilson, on partnering with artists who have maybe a marijuana stick about them or thing about them? People um, who, you know, obviously in the music is already prevalent. What do you yeah. think other than just partnering with artists? Because when, when we talk a lot about these things and I read a lot of stories on you guys, you also leveraging the part of it. It's medical benefit. Right. And so it's not just about the entertainment value of it, but it is also or the recreational use of it. But also, but additionally, the medical benefits. How do you think about using entertainment as well as, you know, the medical benefit, a branding part of this to make sure that you're building a valuable business? Um, I think going forward, you know, the uh, base will get more mature, you know, and people will start thinking more so about the uh, the medical benefits. So I think just bringing awareness, using everybody's platform to bring awareness to, you know, uh, you know, whether it's artists that's torn and need, you know, certain benefits, you know, uh, the calm down, the stress, sleep, whatever it is, pain management. So uh, I think um, using it, you know, those those different platforms, whether it's athletes, artists, or, you know, um, people in fashion, whether it's uh, people that's in, uh, that's in the art scene, I think the uh, marijuana kind of bring a lot of those uh, communities, communities together, you know. Uh, so I think using those different platforms, bringing awareness to the, uh, the medical benefits of it would be huge. And I think a lot of universities are starting to get into it. And I think they'll start doing more research on uh, different uh, possibilities. So. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, 
a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements. Along with funding programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale one million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of six million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field. From free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 million black businesses initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. Yeah, and Al, and to piggyback on that, I, I was reading, you know, up on you guys and other interviews that you've done, and you you talk, you guys talk a lot about wanting VMO to really be a model business that communities will appreciate that you're doing great work. And how soon, or what will it take, even, for communities to see cannabis dispensaries and and others as businesses that are really contributory to community? I think that it already happened, man. You know, I think that during the pandemic, you know, the fact that cannabis was deemed essential, um, I think it, it, it definitely put cannabis in a different light, right? Now, when you talk about our community, you know, there's some work to be done there, right? Because what people don't realize is that our people from our community really suffer from PTSD of the cannabis pro- prohibition, essentially, right? You know, we've seen so many people locked up. We've seen so many lives destroyed. You know, we've seen... Uh, you know, people get access to product that was not safe and, you know, have negative effects and different things like that. So our community have seen so much negative. It's really hard for them to wrap their head around like, oh, we're about to sell drugs. They still call it legally, you know, in our community. And, you know, it's bigger than that, right? Because, you know, what what we've seen now is that one, uh, you know, they use cannabis as a way to lock us up. 
You know what I'm saying? They, they use it as a tool, right? But now that we see with testing and, you know, with legalization and regulation and all these things happening, we see that cannabis is actually medicine for real, right? It actually can, uh, you know, help a lot of the issues that we deal with in our community, depression, anxiety, all those different things, you know what I'm saying? PTSD, you know, these are things that we suffer from every day. And, you know, the things that we have to turn to is usually prescription drugs or alcohol, right? Because once again, if you're from our community, we don't go to doctors like we should, right? You know, that whole process is all messed up. So, you know, for me, it's about, you know, one, breaking the the the, the ice with a lot of people in our community, telling my grandmother's story, you know, for a 79 year old woman that definitely saw all the ill effects of cannabis and for her to be open-minded enough to try it and then it actually worked. And, you know, now, you know, she'll be 90 years old uh, next, uh, next month on the 26th and she still uses cannabis every day. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, and have people from her church that now use cannabis in my mom's church. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I you didn't got, got mother doing that. You. <laughs> yeah, bro. I mean, my mom, my mom used to kick my dad. My mom used to kick my dad out the house for smoke, for smelling like weed when he came home. And now she smoked more weed than him. You know what I'm saying? But it's just because of the education. You know what I'm saying? She knows that she can benefit from yeah. using cannabis compared to the things that she had been using in the past. So, you know, it's, it's a journey that we're on. And I think that one of the ways that we'll be able to continue to break that stigma is for when we go to these meetings with the people in our community, for us to show up, yeah. not the other people that have been showing up because they definitely are trying to take advantage of people in our community. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's one of those things where you know, we just got a lot of work ahead of us. And I think that, you know, with Wilson's gesture for his community to throw a free festival. And I mean, you see those names. Don't think for one second those guys move around for free. You know it's what I'm fine. saying? Like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like this man is putting his money out. His, that store is not even open yet. You know what I'm saying? But he's doing it as a gesture for his community to understand that what he's doing, he's doing it for them. You know what I'm saying? He's doing it to create opportunities, create jobs, you know, with a lot of the money that he'll be making, you know, he's going to rebuild parks and all these different things in his community. So he's going to take something that was very negative and turn it into something very positive. And, you know, that's something that, you know, obviously I'm super excited about being a part of John, uh, our partners, Viola Village, you know, we're all in with supporting and doing whatever it takes to make sure that Wilson is successful in his community. I, lo I love that. It and John, you know, I think about like you, you mentioned you've been in the music business, entertainment business for 30 plus years. And I mm -hmm. would imagine you've been pitched everything under the sun. Like you, you've probably had more businesses pitch you on, you know, I got the next hottest thing. You know, I got this thing that you should invest in. I got I would love to partner with you on X, Y or Z. When you talk up, when you started hearing that cannabis, was, the walls were going to start coming down with regards to legalization of cannabis. Was this something that you were automatically like, yo, I got to find my way into this? Or it was like opportunities started coming to you and it was you chose one versus the hundred other things that came to you that day? Sure. So I, I personally use cannabis every day. Right. And it helps me with my anxiety and just dealing with just life pressures. So I've been looking for the right opportunity um, for a couple of years. So when I. Uh, finally, you know, got with Dan and Al. It was a it was a great thing because they had so much traction in the space already. So yeah, I mean, I, I have been been approached by many brands, by many companies, but it was just never the right fit. Um, and you know, me me knowing uh, Dan since I was a kid and Al for the last fifteen plus, maybe even twenty years, uh, it just made the decision very easy to make for me. 
you just said a word that I hear a lot of venture capitalists and, and even angel investors talk about, and that's traction. Um, when people mm-hmm. when people are coming to you um, with ideas and you you work around artists a lot and a lot sure. of artist ideas don't have traction. They are because that's why they're artists, because they're improving. They're right. trying to convince the world that their ideas are have mm-hmm. have merit. When you how do you transition from I'm going to trust that I believe instinctively that this artist is, has something versus from a business perspective, I want to see the moves you've been making before you even got to me. Well, it's all about really having the right instinct, right? And, and making sure that, you know, whoever you want to move around with and build a brand with, you guys are, are aligned uh, in concept and in, in as far as, you know, how you execute. Um, you know, again, you know, being that I've been, you know, able to manage some of the biggest artists in hip hop, you know, you're right. I mean, I get approached all the time with different companies and brands and opportunities, you know, to to to, to build brand extensions for artists. But again, you got to really make sure that you're getting in, in bed with the right people, and that you uh, that you've done your research, and that and that it's the right kind of partnership. You know, and, and in case of, of me starting to work with Dan and Al at Village you know, everything was aligned. You know, I've known them both for, for many years. They built a very strong brand uh, with Viola and it just all made sense. So I'm really, I'm really uh, blessed to be involved. Now, Wilson, I asked out this question. I kind of want to ask it to you in a different way, however. And we've talked a lot about how one of Al's missions is to make sure that his businesses are seen as a model business in community. And I'm interested in, you know, when we take our families to shows in the park or whatever, and this may be sponsored by a beer company or, you know, a liquor company, we don't think anything of it. We got kids there and, you know, the whole thing. We have, we think nothing of it. Are we at a place yet in your perspective that we could take our kids to the park and go to this free concert like you're putting on and, Instead of a beer company being there, it's, it's a cannabis label putting this on. Are we there yet in our communities? Or what will it take to get there to destigmatize that? Um, I don't think we're there yet. You know, um, just from experience with doing this festival, but I think it's headed in that direction. I think the more education we, uh, we promote, you know, um, to the masses, I think, you know, the, the quicker we get there. You know, a lot of you guys' efforts are to change the statistic that says 3%, only 3% of companies in, in the cannabis space are black owned. And starting with you, Al, with this, I would love to get all of you guys' input, but starting with you, Al, there may be an opportunity for Village specifically to be supportive formally, you know, to be like the Amazon for other businesses who want to, you know, ride on those train tracks, right? And so how how can black owned businesses across the country or how can you guys leverage the work that you're doing to be formally supportive even and, and economically involved in other black dispensaries across the country to where you're not just you know championing championing it as a mission to make sure that other people are in but also maybe providing some of the back office support maybe you assist with branding maybe you're integrated in some other way to where you become integral to black dispensaries and perhaps manufacturers all across the country, even though they're not wearing your label on the, on the outside. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we're doing that already. We have, you know, definitely put our money where our mouth is. We've definitely helped incubate uh, certain businesses, people, you know, trying to win uh, retail locations here in California. But I think that, you know, with village, 
moving forward, you know, we are a platform. You know, we're a platform that we can actually be able to bring in other brands. And then when you talk about retailers, you know, with these brands, we'll be able to stock their shelves, right? Be able to do strategic partnerships to be able to bring Viola, uh, Greenstone, you know, what other new designer drugs, what other new brands that we're going to start. Because, you know, that's what drives traffic into dispensaries. People like variety and they want to make sure that they're going to get the, you know, be, have access to the best product on the market. And that's something that we feel like we're going to be able to accomplish. And I think that though, that's one of the one of the ways that we can help uh, some of the younger entrepreneurs and some of the younger retail owners. And then from an economic side, you know, we have to just continue to be successful in what we're doing. We got to sell more product. We got to make more money. You know, that's the only way that we're going to be able to, you know, be able to have that effect and be able to make these strategic investments into the companies that will need it as well. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbrook, we hear inspiring rags-to-riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. So, so John, when you hear something like that, that, you know, there's an opportunity here, not just for this particular, these particular dispensaries, but we want to be, you know, across the whole spectrum of black owned uh, cannabis dispensaries and manufacturers. How does your brain think about, you know, what the real opportunity is as far as us being integrated um, into these other opportunities? 
Well, I, you know, I just think it's important that as business people in this space, we're aggressive because, you know, quite honestly, our white counterparts are moving fast. You know, I think it's really unfortunate that we only uh, make up 3% of the space as far as being black owned, you know, in cannabis. And we just got to be, you know, uh, aggressive and intelligent around, you know, how we grow and who we are, who we align ourselves with. You've got this festival, uh, the Nobody's Home Festival that is I want to, is it, it the official launch of the dispensary or is it just? Uh, uh, no, it's just uh, it's, it's uh, in celebration of the dispensary, but not the official launch. Okay, because I'm interested because I think about how after things like Woodstock, that was when cannabis in the United States got its stigma. Um, but Woodstock is something that, you know, you walk past a white person in the grocery store with white hair, you know, they was probably in that era. Right. And they were probably handling some of those things in that era. Do you believe, or is it your effort that your festival could be, you know, one in, in, a, in alignment with what that meant to that culture? Um, or is that, is that your effort at all? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think this is something we want to do every year, you know, and make it better every year and just kind of break that stigma and have everybody there free flowing, having fun, enjoying you know, uh, different products, uh, enjoying different brands, you know, enjoying one another and just, you know, uh, all about positivity, you know, of uh, the future of this space. You know, John, you came on um, to make sure that, you know, the entertainment part of this, those partnerships were in place. And again, this, this industry is a $61 billion industry today with projections to be like 70 plus uh, by 2028. Um, and again, you came on to help the com these companies, you know, build these entertainment partnerships. You talk about how your involvement here is not specifically just to get entertainments involved because, you know, just to market brands, but if at all, how to ensure equity for communities of color to be able to take advantage of these opportunities? I'll let Al uh, answer the question around equity, but I will tell you um, as far as, you know, making sure that we have the right entertainers involved and to, to build brands with them and just to be a part of our initiatives. You know, I always try to consider myself on the, at least trying to be on the pulse of what's happening within our culture. And, um, you know, I just try to bring on the right people that, that are, that are like-minded and that can help to, you know, build our brand as a whole. Al, you want to chime in there? Yeah, from from a from a from an equity standpoint, you know, that's that's the main thing at this point. We represent, like you said, less than three percent, and we were all the ones that were locked up for eighty-five percent of drug arrests in our communities, all cannabis-related. I think we're uh, five times more. Uh, susceptible to be arrested for cannabis than our counterparts. So you can't tell me that now that this space is legal, that we, we are, we're no good to it now. There's no place for us. So for us and, you know, Wilson and John and just our team, you know, as much as we want to talk about job creation and how important that is, but we're really here trying to represent ownership. And that's the only conversation that we want to have when we're in, when we're at sitting at the table you know, having these conversations. And until we get that, we got to keep fighting for it. I feel like if we don't do it, it won't happen. So, you know, this is just something that, you know, I feel like is, you know, going to be my job for the next 10 years, right? Until we get a significant piece of this, of this pie. And it's going to be a lot of hard work because, you know, a lot of the companies say that they're about it, 
you know, I think it's more about checking a box now, especially at the Black Lives Matter. It was just like, now everybody loves black people. All this funding is now available for black people. And I'm like, why y'all ain't love us before that? It's a fact. <laughs> right? It's a fact. And it just seems like right now, because it's a way for them to once again capitalize. That's why they love us, right? And we're just tired of it. And, you know, we're we going to have to be the ones that stand up against it. Al, like, what would you say are the strategic moves you make because Village is the largest national conglomerate for black owned cannabis brands today. Was that a happenstance of timing or there were specific strategic moves you made that helped you find this type of success? Now I came down the line, man. Like, you know, we first started, you know, there was, wasn't too many people that I could go for actual advice, right? Most people were afraid of it. I bring it up. They go the other way, <laughs> trying to change a subject. And I didn't know that limited licenses was so relevant at the time in that, you know, mostly all the big uh, multi-state operating companies that are public, they were able to go public off of these limited licenses because they were the only ones. They, they were one licenses in Illinois out the gate. And next thing you know, they had a business doing $35 million just because they were the only ones there. So we kind of got bought to that a little later. You know, uh, I will be honest, you know, even though that I play in the NBA and have, you know, resources and friends like, you know, Wilson and whoever, like it, it wasn't easy for us to raise money, you know, especially in the beginning. You know, I couldn't imagine trying to go to somebody eight years ago saying I need $25 million to go at the three or four states. People looked at me like I was crazy. You know, once again, that's once again, one of the issues that we have in our community. We just don't have access to the resources to be able to really take advantage of opportunities in real time, right? We started Village two years ago, you know, and look at the success that we've had. So just imagine if we would have tried to do this five years ago, potentially where we would be at today, you know? So it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just been a grind. And, you know, I just feel like with Village now, we have established ourselves as being a company that people better pay attention to, you know? And if we continue to win more licenses, I feel like, you know, we'll be one of those, you know, seven to 10 companies that, you know, can really dictate what's going on in the space. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad you said that because, you know, there are still states where licenses are not, you know, well, well weed is not legal. Marijuana is not legal yet. And so for, I, I would love to get both of your Wilson and Al's comments on this is like, I'm from Ohio and Ohio, there's just now talking again about, you know, putting uh, marijuana use up for legal debate. And so, for those states that are still having the conversation but have not made a move yet, knowing what you know, and I'll start with you, Wilson, then we t I want to ask this to Al as well. Uh, what would you advise people who um, want to be in how to position themselves? Or at this stage, is it too late? I would just say start uh, educating educating themselves, you know, uh, just try to read as much as possible about the space, you know, and um, just be progressive about it, you know, um, and try to build as many relationships as possible. What would you say, Al? If I, if, if, if marijuana is not yet legal, how do I get in position? Start reading, you know, what the legislation is going to look like in your state, your city, depending, you know, every state is different. Some rules, you know, the state governs it, some let the cities govern it. So just find out, you know, what, what it will actually take. Then start putting your team together. Because, you know, obviously you're going to have to raise some money. You know, what is that team going to look like? What does that business plan look like? 
And then, you know, you have to believe in that business plan when you go out and pitch it, you know, because without the passion behind it, you know, most people aren't going to invest. You're going to have to really know your business plan inside and out, be able to answer all the questions that are going to come your way and just try to figure out how you're going to be able to run a, a, a cash flow positive business, how you're going to actually be able to get there. And uh, I'm not going to make it seem like it's easy. You know, it's a challenge. It's going to be definitely hard. But I think that if you can try to put strategic people together in your organization, I think you'll put yourself in position to hopefully be successful. And if people, is, is there opportunity to partner with you pre-license or like say, let's say if I Ohio went on ahead and passed it and I, I got a license, what opportunities are there for those black entrepreneurs to work with Viola? Yeah, definitely. You can reach out to us. You know, you can reach out to us online. Uh, you know, we also, some states require you to have local participation. So, you know, in Missouri and Maryland, uh, we definitely partnered up with local entrepreneurs there. And, you know, because of us winning, you know, we've been able to, you know, create millionaires, you know, on paper, you know, because of this opportunity. So yes, as these new states come online, if you feel like you have something that's different, a differentiator, uh, if you think that you could be a good partner to us, yeah, I would say definitely reach out. Black Tech Green Money is a production of Blavity Afrotech. Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartMedia. And it's produced by Morgan DeBond and me, Will Lucas, with additional production support by Love Beach and Marissa Lewis. Special thank you to Micah Davis and Sakara Savanyan. You know, like the wine? Yes, that's his real name. Learn more about my guests and other tech disruptors and innovators at afrotech.com. The video version of this episode will drop to Black Tech Green Money on YouTube next week, so tap in. Enjoy your Black Tech Green Money? Leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. Go get your money. Peace and love. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. 
AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth-building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. AT&T connects and ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Got my PrevNA 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk, get vaccinated. But but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.